You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah Bet Shemesh Israel 5782, 2022. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Beshalach. The Jewish people are being sent out finally, finally, after six months of a challenge to Paro's rulership. The Jewish people are sent out. Pharaoh finally sends out the Jewish people against his will. He has no choice. They're all dying. The firstborns are dying. The Medrash tells us an amazing thing. What is going on in these verses? What is the depth of what's gone on throughout the story of Paro, the Makos, the plagues of Egypt? But not only Paro that we spoke about here, because, of course, within the Torah's story is the description of the events of our forefathers, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, the, the Shvatim, the generations that followed. So we meet Paro more than once. We meet a ruler of Egypt. We meet a, a ruler of Avimelech, Melech Gerar. And in each of those contexts, we find that within their attempt, their attempt to subdue the Jewish people, it's most clearly seen in Paro and how he subdued the Jewish people, they were subjugated to slavery. But, uh, but we find as well, Paro in, in Sefer Bratius, the book of Genesis, in Avimelech, they took the wife of Avram Avinu, the wife of Abraham. And it's very interesting that the Medrash makes a connection to those two places that we see in, in both in regards to Paro, the first Paro, in regards to Avimelech, and of course in regards to the Paro of our Parsha, so we find that there's an idea that there's a maka, some kind of plague that occurs, which affects them and causes them to be forced to let go, for Paro and Avimelech, the original Paro, to let go of Avram Avinu's wife, of Sarah, and in our part, to let go of the Jewish people from their subjugation. So let's see this idea, because it's a very important idea, it's a foundational idea, and perhaps we'll get some insight into it. Medrash says like this at the very beginning of our parsha. This is what it means in the verse when it says, "Shot lasus umeteg lachamor." The verse in Mishlei in Proverbs talks about the way that a person needs to guide a horse, guide his mule. So you need to have a uh, a stick. You have to have some kind of object, a a, a whip, something to get the the horse to do your will. When we speak about a stick for a horse, this is a reference, or it's a marshal, it's an analogy to the first pharaoh. We find that the verse tells us, this is back in Genesis, in chapter 12, verse 17, that Paro was afflicted as a result of this matter of having taken Sarai, the wife of Avraham. Why does it say she was the wife of Avram? So Medrash teaches us something very interesting. It refers to her as the wife of Avram because as follows. There's a concept, the verse says in Ecclesiastes, in Kohelas, chapter 4, verse 9. Two are better than one. We find that after Paro releases Sarah, so the result is that he is given a tremendous amount of wealth. 
Actually, I'm sorry. Is this before or after he releases? He's uh, she's not released yet. Before she's released, Avram was given a lot of gifts as the brother of Sir of, of Sarah. So, what do we see? We see that Avram Avinu himself didn't have this chos. He didn't have the merit to be able to receive those gifts. It was only hetiv ba'avura. It was because of Sarah. And in trying to understand, this is important. I know we're kind of slipping away from our topic, which is Parshat B'Shalach, but the Medrash brings it. It's important to understand it. When a person has a challenge, a difficulty, how did Avraham, of course, excuse me here a second. Of course, Avraham, it was a challenge for him. His wife was stolen. It's a terrible thing. Sarah Imenu had a much deeper challenge. She was the one who was abducted. Says the Medrash, the two of them together, Aisha's Avram, she's referred to as the wife of Avram because it was the two of them together. It wasn't just Sarai, it was Sarai, the wife of Avram. The two of them together were able to merit a tremendous amount of wealth. Power did not take back the wealth after he returned to Avram's wife. But interestingly, Avram on his own did not have this chus. The challenge, the difficulty, as we've been speaking about last week, the week before, the challenge, the very difficulty itself, as difficult as it is, the abduction of Sarah Imenu, however, was a channel through which HaKadosh Baruch Hu God brought them something together, which was that they would receive this tremendous wealth. As well, not only that, but Paro himself received the nega, as we see, as we see in regards to him, as we see in regards to Avimelech, as we're about to say, and as in regards to the Paro of our Parsha. But in the challenge, the difficulty that we go through. So the evil, right? Power represents the evil. So the evil receives its due reward, so to speak, for the the evil that's done. Even the good person seems to be having a you know being ill affected by the one who is doing the evil. Medjish teaches us that the one who receives the negative situation, who goes through that situation, the result is something positive. The negative situation results in something positive. Very important idea, very difficult to understand, of course, very difficult to have to, to experience. But most of us have experienced this in our lives, and we know that the difficulties and the challenges help us grow and make us greater. Now, Metaglachamor, the second concept in the verse in Proverbs, refers to a mule, a mule which is being a meteg, which I don't know the exact uh, translation of the word, but it it's some kind of uh, muzzle or a bit that's in the mouth of the mule. So what is this? It says that also Avimelech abducted Sarah. We find, the verse tells us, that Avimelech, in his house, all of the women were not able to give birth as a result of the fact that he had abducted, taken Sarah Imenu. Avimelech started to praise himself. He says, you know, I, I didn't know, I, I didn't intend to take a woman who, who is married, heaven forbid. I, I did it. He told me it's, a, it's his sister. And that's what he said. And Hashem responds and says, uh, You think that you didn't mean to sin? I was the one who stopped you from sinning. 
says the Medrash, what is this comparable to? Lachamor. And here's where we get to why Avimelech is referred to as a chamor, as a, as a donkey. There was a chamor, a donkey, that a person was riding upon. The animal saw a child in the market. He, I guess the, the child was crawling around on the floor. The donkey jumped around around the area where the, where the child was. It didn't cause him damage. People were saying, wow, it's amazing how this donkey stumped around but didn't, didn't cause damage to the child. The owner of the animal who had been sitting on the animal said to them, I promise you, if not for the fact that I had pulled him by the bit in his mouth, he would have caused the child damage. People were saying, "Oh, Avimelech is okay." He was saying about himself, "I'm all right. I didn't, I didn't touch her. I didn't end up touching her." Right? God says, "Who are you, Mavakish?" Just like the donkey who wanted to cause damage to the child, Avimelech wanted to cause damage to do an aver, to do a sin with another person's wife, with Avram Avinu's wife. But I didn't allow him. God says, I didn't know, I was the one riding, so to speak, here. Like the verse says in Tehillim in Psalms, chapter 140, verse 9, don't let, Hashem does not let, I'm sorry, Hashem does not allow the evil one to complete his plans. Okay, so this is the idea behind the verse. So we see Paro, we see Avimelech, they tried to do something at Kodesh Baruch Hu, didn't allow it. God, as it were, revealed himself in the situation. In one case caused damage, in another case caused damage, but also stood and made sure, stood there, and made sure that no damage would, would be caused, and only good would come out to Aram and Sarah. Now we come back to our Parsha, and we're going to speak about Veshevet Legav Tzilon. The end of the verse in Mishle says, that God takes a stick or a, a shevet, is a rod, and he puts it, he uses it against the fools. Right here, it's not a singular thing. It's not one person. It's it's multiple people because it's not just Paro himself or Avimelech who stole a, 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 the wife of Avram. But rather, it's the entire nation of Egypt subdued, the entire nation of the Jewish people because of course, one person cannot subdue everybody. It can only be done as we can see a sad example of it in the Holocaust, can only be done when there's a multitude of people who are aiding the terrible behavior of a single individual. But the idea here is like this, that Hashem uses His rod upon the fools. Right? There's more than one fool here. It's Zeparo v'hamitzriyim. This is Pharaoh and the, Mid- and the Egyptians. Shekev and Shaliby v'makais shalei so what was the what was the thing that happened to them? They also endured terrible difficulties, just like the original Paro and Avimelech. They endured challenges and difficulties, and as a result of that, they were forced to release the Jewish people. The Jewish people would be able to experience their geula, their their redemption. How through the forcing of the Egyptians and Paro. Which is also very interesting is something that I've discussed in the past. It's also in my Sefer, in my book, Perfectly Imperfect. But 
there's a concept that when Hashem is bringing His light into the world, when Hashem is revealing Himself, we're getting to a new stage in reality. The Jewish people are about to hit the point where they become a nation. They are given the Torah. They are going to come into their own land. They're going to start to keep the Torah within the land of Israel. It's the foundation. It's the birth of the Jewish people. Whenever there's a foundational moment in history like that, so it's accompanied by great judgment in the world. When God reveals Himself, this is the nature of it, when God reveals Himself, so the result is, number one, that the Rishayim, the wicked, are burned by the light, so to speak. God takes the light out. He takes out that light of His presence. The Rishayim, the wicked, are burned by it. And the Tzadikim, the righteous, are lit up by it. They're, they're given life through that light. So the Egyptians are punished. They receive the makas, the plagues. And the Jewish people are nigolim. They are redeemed as a result of this challenge, or the same moment. But it's really as a result of the light that Hashem is revealing, the light that God is bringing into the world. Now I'd like to share with you another point, which is in the Gemara and Psachim, which we did last week also. We spoke about a Gemara and Psachim that was connected, which I'm studying currently. The Gemara is on Daf Kofir Ches, on Aleph, on page 118a in Psachim. And the Gemara there says, that Kashim uh, Adam Yamsuf. We find very interesting things. The Gemara is talking about the fact that we say on Pesach, on Passover, we say the, I believe it's 26 praises of Hashem. Praise this God that He is good. His kindness is forever. We go on through all the different ki- kindnesses. And one of the foundational kindnesses that we mentioned there is God gives bread to every single human being. His kindness is forever. And the Gemara wants to understand what is the connection between this verse, we read it at the, at the night of the Seder. Why do we read it at the Seder when we celebrate the redemption of the Jewish people from Egypt? What's the significance of what's called Halal Hagadol, the great Halal, the great praise of God? And the answer is because it refers to the fact that God gives bread to every single individual. And the Gemara says that Kasha Mizaynaisav Shal Adam Kikriyas Yamsuf. Kriyas Yamsuf was the, the, the revelation of God was awesome. At Kriyas Yamsuf, he split the sea, as we, we have in our Parsha. God splits the sea. That was an awesome revelation. What happens there? The Jewish people are saved. The same idea. The Jewish people are saved. And Pharaoh and his soldiers and all of his men, they were drowned in the sea. So at the same moment, the final retribution, the final justice, the Jewish people are saved with an awesome open miracle. And Pharaoh and his men are drowned in the sea. And the, the evil is ended once and for all. The Jewish people will never return to Egypt. Now the Gemara says an amazing thing which we need to understand which is that when it comes to a person's livelihood, it's we need to understand the words on the simple level, ordinarily translated, it's as difficult as the parting of the sea. It's as difficult as the parting of the sea. But the thought that I would like to share with you that's related to what we've been speaking about until now is what is the idea that it's difficult as the parting of the sea? And I think based on what we've said, there's a new understanding that we can have in this very statement of our sages. And that is, 
that when a person is striving to serve God, yes, when we are trying to earn a livelihood, it's a service of Hashem. And recently my wife told me over from Rav Avigda Miller, it's in a Sefer, in one of his books, he speaks about the fact that when we are earning a livelihood for our family, we're supporting a Jewish family so that our family can, can live, be successful, prosperous, be able to have a beautiful Jewish home filled with words of Torah, filled with mitzvah observance, service of Hashem, connection to Hashem. When we do that, so we are serving Hashem in that way. Now, of course, within every person's striving to, to earn a livelihood, there are challenges, there are difficulties. There's that moment where a person doesn't know where the money's going to come from. A person may even have a stable job, but they're trying to supplement it with another job. Or they may not have a job and they're trying to find another job. Or they may be waiting for that job to show up, whatever it is. Or the job itself may be difficult. It's hard to have a, a tough boss. It might be hard to perform on stage. It might be a challenge to, to be seen. But the challenges of, of, the, of Parnassa, of livelihood, I, I believe that we can say, that when Chazal say, the challenge is that Hashem is providing God provides for us. He opens His hand and He provides for every living creature. God personally gives us the livelihood that we seek, that we need. But because God is revealing Himself, just like by Kriyas Yamsuf, and just like by all of these situations which we described, where Hashem reveals Himself, He shows His light, He takes the sun out. So, there's two things that happen. One is, we spoke about a, a negative consequence for the wicked, but even for the righteous, the one who's receiving that light, there's also a seemingly negative consequence. It seems like the person is going through a hard time. It's hard to make money. It's hard to make a livelihood. Sometimes it's embarrassing. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's a challenge. Sometimes it requires a tremendous amount of effort, which we may not be ready to, to go through. But we go through it anyway. We've got to provide for our families. But we need to know, and this is so, uh, such an important idea, so deep, so important, that when we are working for our families, Hashem is revealing Himself he is revealing himself just like at the Geula of Mitzrayim, just like at the redemption from, from Egypt. God reveals himself. He shows himself in our lives and we have to suffer the consequences in a certain sense at the same moment as we're receiving that redemption. We have to go through a hard time. We have to be facing off with an enemy. The enemy's name is Pharaoh. On one side is Paro. On the other side is the Yamsuf, is the, is the Sea of Reeds. And we have to walk through the Yamsuf which is tremendously difficult. Who knows what will happen? The, wall, the water is standing up on, on either side. The water was a wall, but who knows? The water could come right down, as it did on the Egyptians. could come down on us. We don't know. But we have to take that leap, literally take that leap of faith when it comes to the Kriyas Yamsuf and say, hey, this difficulty is for our redemption. This challenge that we're going through, Pharaoh's on that side, the water's on this side, we got to walk through the water. Why? Because our redemption is here. Our redemption is here. And that's a feeling that a person can have when it comes to their parnasa, when it comes to their livelihood. A person has this sense like, I need to make a certain amount of money. I have a certain amount of expenses, a certain amount of bills. How am I going to make it? How am I going to be able to, 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 
touch all the bases, hit first base, second base, third base, get through the month, pay the mortgage, pay this bill, pay the chashmal, uh, pay the water bill, the, the phone, etc. Pay for groceries. These are things that are a challenge. But the challenge itself shows that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that God is there with us. Because of course, this is natural, this is how things are. In the places where Hashem reveals Himself the most, God is feeding us. God is giving us the food. In that place where Hashem reveals Himself the most is the place that we, we will experience the greatest challenge, the greatest difficulty. But we will also experience the most amazing redemption. The most amazing ge'ula, just like by Kriyas Yamsuf. Just like when Hashem brings the Jewish people through the Sea of Reeds. So I want to bless you and ask you to bless me back. Hashem should help us to recognize the challenges of our lives, not just as difficulties that we need to get through, but rather Hashem should help us to recognize that these very challenges are because of His revelation in our lives. Hashem should help us to have parnasa berevach, a tremendous amount of livelihood, livelihood and prosperity. Hashem should help us to have all that we need and to realize those redemptions every single day. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes Ari Goldwag.